Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. I'm doing what you will do. Obama, a year, a year. Okay, told you go, okay, Okay, to buy you for us. At your word, the word was created. But to be able to remember more, oh, pardon me. To realize if you're on the cabios, what she left in ten canyons, what did she left, what did she left, tip a palette in canyons. In fact, I want to machine on tip that to pay all lot on the wall. Or battle some of the local, I want to go for it. I told you, my palette, go to the local. Okay, I hear. We honor you this evening. We glorify you. Let your name forever be honored. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's have our seats. You know, there's some times, there's some Thanksgiving that you cannot give in. You try your best, but God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So we're just going to just, um, we, we are talking around Thanksgiving this morning, but before we go, before as we go, I just want to just, you know, um, just emphasize a little bit on the um, fasting and prayer. You know, at times we will say, did God say that we should fast and pray? You know, um, or when, when did God say that we should fast and pray? Or I fast and pray when God tells me to. It's understandable, but at times it is the challenge in understanding, you know, it's just the way people understand scriptures. You know, that's why Jesus did not tell anybody that when God speaks to you to fast, he said when you fast. <laughs> because it is a norm. You will never see anywhere in the Bible where the Bible says that when people gather, when they gather at upper room, God said they should pray. What did Jesus say? Go and wait. But when you read the book of Acts, what were they doing? They were praying and fasting. See, there are times when I know some people say, ah, they told that we should come and wait. So what they, God did not say we should fast, so why are we fasting? <laughs> it doesn't need to. Because there are certain things that he expects to happen. So when Jesus told the disciples, go and wait, if we're to be some, some of us people will just wait. So what are you doing? I'm waiting on God. So Jesus did not tell them that go and fast and pray, but they did. But they did. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to just share two scriptures with us because as we as we uh, Luke chapter Luke chapter two verse thirty seven. The Bible says that then lived a woman, a, a widow, to the age of 84. Said she never left the temple but stayed there day and night. Now the Bible says that worshipping God with fasting and prayer. So fasting and prayer is a way of worship. It is not only to chase witches away. It is a way of worship as a Christian. 
In fact, God help us when we get closer to the we will talk about, we will teach about fasting and prayer. Because at times, what we think fasting and prayer does is not what it does. It actually sears you up spiritually so that you can be. It is like, at times, it is like, it is like medication. Medication does not heal a sickness. It empowers your blood, your immunity, and things like that. Put in so that your body can now fight that sickness. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So, so, so when so fasting and prayer is 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 not exactly what people think it is. You know, but God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So you see here, and when you go to the book of Acts, also Acts chapter, just to try to change the point, Acts chapter. 13 verse 2 said, Why they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So they, they declared a period of fast. What are we doing? We are worshiping God. If you say, like, ah, Let us do worship session. In that worship session, we are going to be fasting. People go, Eh? Ah. <laughs> no. That's not worship. Ah. Worship is dancing. God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, at times when we gather to worship, and that is why at times it's occurring that when you partake in worship also on Sundays, you fast. Because you know, it's, it is part of your worship. It's part of your worship. You know, so God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, as we look at thanksgiving, you know, even the word thanksgiving is that you are giving thanks to somebody. You are giving thanks to somebody. And you would always see that the Bible, especially you know, when you talk about Thanksgiving or worship, people, 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 people's mind goes straight to David. And we would start off from there as we begin to read his writings around worship. So we go to Psalm 95, verse 2 and 4. The Bible says, let us come before him with thanksgiving and exalt him with, song, with, with music and song. I highlighted this part because you will begin to see each time David is talking about thanksgiving, he will tell you that you have your focus on who you are giving thanks to is important. So the Bible will say, say let us come before him with thanksgiving and exalt him with music and song. For the Lord is great. Is the, the Lord is the great God, the, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the dead. So basically, when David is saying give thanks, he's saying he's, he's trying to point you back to who you are giving thanks to. Because you can give thanks without actually understanding, having a clue of who you're giving thanks to. I shared this a couple of times and it was, it was surprising to me also that there's some things that God, you know, okay, let me just put it this way. When Moses was about to, uh, was going to go to God and he was going to move on, God said, God said that I would, I would send angels before you. So that means that it's not all the time that God himself attends to things. So there are some level of worship that people will give. And God will say, you know, you, you can send angels move. You know, they would move. The whole place would erupt and things like that. But when God himself stands up to, to receive a particular worship, see, it doesn't necessarily, people will never be shaking. 
You get what I'm telling you? So, but David would try to point us to say, please, you know the person that you're worshipping. Because what your understanding of who he is will determine what you give to him. Please, I'm not talking money. Or how you give. I think that's quite important to God. How you give. It's not exactly what you give, it's how you give. How you give. So we, we, we will see again in Psalm 100. We just say, you will see again, um, Psalm 100. Thank you. I'll just stop. Um, okay, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Again, come before him with thanksgiving. He now went back and said, No. You must understand this person. You cannot just walk up and just say, and think, do you know? You cannot just, it is not accepted. So he said, Know that the Lord he is God. It is He who had made us and not we ourselves. We are His people. So basically, put yourself in your position when it comes to the level of worship. So, as you, as you, as you continue to read on, He now went on to say, You know, He's already cautioned us to say no. He now went to verse 4. He said, Now enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless Him. Again, He went back to 4. Basically, you, each time you see the scriptures talking about thanksgiving, it is, it, the Bible will always link it to understanding the person you're giving thanks to. And I always love this scripture when I read it in the KJV um, Psalm 47 verse 7. It says, for, again, for the Lord for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. That means you can sing praises without understanding. See, one thing I want us to also understand is that every aspect of a church is meant to allow you focus on God. When you come to give him worship, everything is done deliberately so that you can focus on God. At times people do not understand how why certain things are there. When you have a bigger church that has People at the car park. They are not there to make you park well. The first priority is so that they can relieve you as much pressure so that as you are going before God, your focus is on Him. The reason why you have cleaners in the church that are clean and getting the place ready for you is so that as you are coming in, your focus is on Him. The reason why you have, I'll share with um, the time when we're talking about what I said. The reason, first priority of the wording is not so that people will be caught, it's so that you can have focus on God. So that when you come in, everybody is trying their best in your journey from the gates to the church to make sure that you are less distracted as possible. 
because you must see who Christ is. When the worship singers are worshiping, they are trying to bring you to fall. To I was I was sharing this with the choir when we had the vigil. I said I said the aim is so that you can bring people to God. Your as soon as you can, people are connect are, are brought to God. Your job ends. We all are like um, John the Baptist. He said, "I am like a." Um, um, I've forgotten how you use it. Um, Aladdin. No. So he said, "I'm sorry. This is why you don't read too much about And this is. He said that. He said. He said. He was saying that he was calling Jesus the groom and the people the bride. And he said, when people were saying that uh, Jesus is increasing, he said, he said, he said, no, that is the way it ought to be. Because once the bride has met the groom, the mediator, okay, the mediator begins to leave. When the bride and the groom, imagine you are the one that introduced the bride to the groom. And you now you now introduce them. On the wedding day, you sat there, they are missed. When they are going home, you sat in the car. Somebody would have said, ah, excuse me, sir. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what will not happen? Your honor will not become dishonored. Because by the time you they now want to come into their house, and you're not saying, I am also coming. No, it doesn't work that way. Does that make sense? So when our hymn, and I used to, I was sharing this with the choir, I said, as soon as you bring people, the bride to meet the groom, your job has ended. That is why God help us. And the leader of service, everybody is the same, is doing exactly the same job. That is why when you are preaching, or when I'm preaching also, I am trying to see, God, where are you with your people? As soon as the time of prayer comes, it is my job now to step away as the bride, as the groom, begins to meet the bride. Does that make sense? So what I'm trying to say, everything you see in the church is not there for decoration. And I am saying this so that everybody in those units will also know that if you are the one, if you are the one um, doing ushering outside or whatever it is that you're doing outside, you are not, um, your job is not less than a, than, than a preacher because you are also contributing to an experience that people should have with God. Now, now imagine now the person that they put all those things around. God has called people to be that you, you will be the captain, uh, you, you will be the usher, you, you will be this, you, you will be that. And that person now comes, he now sits on the, he now sits in the, um, what's it called? He now sits in, in, in the church and doing every other thing. And God will just be looking and say, huh? Ah? All the investments. To get you to this place, your focus is is not even on God again, and that is why also it is important that in the service, you know, 
we do our best to minimize anything that takes people away from God. There are come and get the door. There are some there are some things that you have a situation whereby you know even the songs that we sing, the focus is far away from Jesus. People are just enjoying sound. We, you are successfully brought the bride, the what's it called, the bride, and kept the bride to yourself. And the groom is standing and saying, "Where am I? When am I going to see my bride?" That is why you know, you know like I said, you know, when when we're having the chat with the worship with the um, with the choir, is that your focus. So as you are coming, you see yourself as an intermediary. You are trying to bring people to God. So back to what we are saying. So that is why you will see that David is also trying to do the same when it comes to Thanksgiving. So that people would understand the focus has to be on him. The focus has to be on him. I'm not saying that we will get everything perfect. But you see, even if you are doing it right and you are not doing it for the right reason, you would think that, oh, the reason why you have a, a um, what's it called, a security guard there is that uh, somebody who's, who's at the car park does not see himself as being anointed and called by God that he is also adding to the experience of people in the church. So do you know what, what will happen? The day it doesn't he, uh, the choir doesn't, I'm sorry, the day that he doesn't, uh, he, he, he just seems like, you know, all this. Let me come and sit inside the church, Jerry, you know. I can't be sit, sitting in the, in the sun all the time. Come, come back, do I come and chicken. Okay. No, knowing that, actually, God is saying thank you for working for us. Every soul that is one is credited to his account. I don't think that. You know, the, when you read the scriptures, when people say, I don't belong that, I don't necessarily think so. But what I think that people will be shocked. You know, when God said, I called you, when God calls me forward and he says, security buyer. Ah, I me. God, I cannot be security. I was called to be the pastor. No, no, no. You were security. I anointed you to be security in the church. So for everyone that is that has that before they came to church, their mind is already up by looking for parking space everywhere. And by the time they come to church, they cannot even concentrate on God. God will look at your on my list and say, Ah, security buyer, where are you going to? It's preaching. Okay, minus one. That's the way God works. See, God will never ask you what he did not send you. But he can benefit from what he did not send you. <laughs> that is good. That's how Paul said. Some people are preaching for their belly. Some people are preaching for their belly. As long as they are preaching, our souls are saved. So, if, you know, I used to say something like that. My husband said, I don't work for charity. Ministry, I don't work for charity. Basically, there is no point going and doing what God has not called you to do. He doesn't pay you for that. 
You are just enjoying yourself. You are working, and that's it. Don't let people promote you beyond what God has called you to do. You know? And so, what I'm trying to say, why I brought that up is that so that you understand why certain things are done in the church. Even you that is in that unit. You understand that every experience is to ensure that people are brought to God without hindrance. So, so when I begin to sing to um, um, to die in such a way that it is now, it is now, it is now, you know, and I say it is now. I am not. I'm not saying. I'm not against to that. That is a music. You get what I'm saying. But it depends on what you are singing with it. So when it's now the drumming is now so much that you know, people are following the drum and there is nothing about Jesus in there. You know, you have you are successfully taking people away from God. So, and that is why he said, sing praises with understanding. So please, the idea is that one, nobody feels that they are less in their calling with God, no matter what you are called to. If you are called to sweep, you are called to sweep, and that job is anointed. And because as you are, as God is seeing the lives of people being changed, he's remembering, ah, that person was able to sit well because this person cleaned the chair and made it easy for them. Does that make sense? You know, and that's why Jesus, when Jesus was talking to people about the laborers, about, about the harvest, he said some people have already labored. So God will always acknowledge everybody that is in the line of, that is, is in that chain to bring that soul's way. Hallelujah. So we're talking about Thanksgiving. Let's go on to Isaiah, please. Now, this scripture, the Bible says for um, the, the, it, said, it, said, it said, therefore the Lord said, inasmuch as these people draw near with, with, near, near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, they, are, they, they have removed their heart far from me. Their fear towards me is taught by men's commandments. Please note what the Bible is saying here. I'm going to read the NIV. What you have as their fear is interpreted in the other version as their worship. So you cannot worship God effectively except you fear him. Does that make sense? You cannot worship God except you fear him. So as we come to Thanksgiving, how one of the ways you cannot allow your Thanksgiving to be fluctuating is that, is, and you would see it as we express it in, as, as we see it in the scriptures. See, when David said, Psalm 119, David said that, Psalm 119, um, the Bible says here, it says that, the Bible says, it says, it says, seven times a day, 
I praise you. Please know why. He said, for your righteous law. He did not say because of what you have. I can see my life improving. He said, because I meditate on your word, I am able to say, God, you are, you are faithful. Please note that the seven times a day included the day when they came to, you know, there was a day when people, um, when people came into the house of David when he went to war and he took all his children. That included, so I wasn't giving thanks to that day. Except David is lying. He said seven times a day I praise you for your righteous law. <coughs> so one thing, and what I'm trying to say to us is this. As you read and digest the word of God, let that be a reason as you discover more of what the word of God is saying about your life and about your future. Let that be a reason to give God thanks. And you see David trying to lay this emphasis over and over again. When he goes to Psalm 109 verse 62, he says, at, at midnight, I will rise to give you thanks. Why? For your righteous laws. For your righteous laws. The problem is, at times is that we only give thanks to God based on what we can see, what, what is the material things. I can remember what I've, I've shared this couple of times that I was I was still I was um, doing a postman's job then because I was schooling. I was doing, I was doing a postman job then I became a casual. Uh, I had to do casual job because of my pattern of school. And so gradually, I I I became a permanent staff. And I was dancing, I was thanking God. I was saying, God, thank you. I was literally dancing on the road as I was delivering letters. And I'll never forget what God said to me. He said, you are dancing because of this. He said, I have no problems with that. But what? when was the day you danced before me to say that I gave you my son? This thing that I'm buying that you are getting is making you dance. But, the, but my son that is greater than all those things. There has been no day you've woken up and said, ah, the father I'm not going to hell. Jesus, thank you. And I said, it's not that I don't appreciate you thanking me, but I am wondering why this one is so greater than my son that I've given. So if I understood what David was saying, and as I read the Bible, as I learn more about God, is affecting my, my gratitude. You would see that either, either things are happening or things are not happening, that one is enough for me to give God praise. You know, David would say, uh, sorry, Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19, says that if, he was basically saying that, if Christ did not die and resurrected, he said, we are the most miserable and we should be pitied.
whereas most miserable should be repeated. So what we are first of all saying is that please let your thanksgiving be attached to the faithfulness of God according to his word. According to his word. And we would begin, I will just begin to show you a couple of things that Thanksgiving also does. That Thanksgiving also does. You know, Jesus will always give thanks. Because what Thanksgiving does is that it reemphasizes that you have faith in God. That's why when Jesus was, 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 was around um, um, uh, Nazareth at John chapter 11, verse 42 to 40, 44, the Bible says, I knew, I, I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here and that they may believe. And when he had said this, he called Nazareth out. But what I'm trying to say is that his testimony, the thanksgiving, was saying, God, I trust that you are, you, you are at work. So, so thanksgiving even brings your own faith to a new level. Thanksgiving brings your own faith to a new level. One thing that thanksgiving does is that the promises of God, thanksgiving brings them to a reality. Thanksgiving brings them to a reality. I will show you two scriptures as we just... Um, let's go to John chapter 6, verse 5 to 11. The Bible says, Jesus, as soon as he saw a huge crowd coming to look for him, turning to Philip, he asked, where can I get bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. So the question also is that what did Jesus know? So you said that Philip replied that, you know, we can't afford this. Basically, it takes a whole year's wage to feed the other people. Let's go on, please, to verse 9. I'll just read um, verse, verse 11. I'll go to verse 11. We know, so I'll just read verse 11. He said, Then Jesus took the loaves of bread and he gave thanks to God and he, dis he distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same for the fish. Please note what he did here. He took the bread, he gave thanks. He took the fish. He gave thanks. He did not give thanks over every one of them. So, at times when you are in the place of worship, God appreciates you sitting down and saying, God, ah, for the fact, ah, do you remember what you did for me when I was in this and this? Ah, you are faithful. Now, the principle that Jesus used here, where, where did the Bible where, where in the scriptures did the Bible um, attest to that? Psalm 67. 
The Bible says, let the people praise you, O Lord. Let the people praise you. Let the people, and the heart will yield his harvest. So when what, what was saying was that the heart will bring forth his increase. So when Jesus took that five loaves of bread and gave thanks to God, the expectation is that what will happen is that God would, the harvest will come. Please note that when you are talking about harvest, that means there's already a seed on the ground. At times, your prayer and my prayer is a seed to the ground. And as you keep giving God praise, the harvest will come forth. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So it is one thing also is that when you give, when we are in the practice of giving God thanks, naturally blessings would come upon even the little that you think you have. It is just the laws of God. So when you read Malachi chapter 2 verse 1, the Bible says that he says, he says, and this is a decree for you, O priests. Thanksgiving as a child of God is not when you feel like it or not. The Bible says, another version will say, this is a commandment. Oh, you priest, if you do not listen, if you do not take it to heart to honor my name. So God is saying, see, if, if, you, if your thanksgiving is, he said, he said, says the Lord, may God, may he never be our portion. He said, he said, I will send cause. I will cause what? Your blessing. So the ones that you think is still functioning. I say, rather, what, what am I supposed to give God thanks about this? And God now said, see, I don't have to talk. Nature kicks in. He said, yes, I have already cursed them. Because as far as God is concerned, he has given you even the small blessings and is expecting a thanks for it. Hallelujah. So, to prevent another version, I think the, the the um, living translation or so says that I will spread dung on your blessing. Basically, you know what they call dung? Animal um, feces and things like that. So I will spread it on that thing that you think is a blessing. Basically, it will begin to stink. Ah, God is harsh. No, he's saying because you already have blessings, you've received from me. Now, rather than saying thank you, all you have to say is, what have you done? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. 
Now, there are some aspects also to Thanksgiving. We can't cover everything. But when, like I, I said it at the time, when the promises of God is, is, is said, even when you begin to, assuming I see, okay, let's say, for example, um, um, I have a particular sickness in my body. And I read the scripture that day, and the Bible says, by his stripes I am healed. And I begin to dance over the God. Lord, I thank you because, because I know your word has said this is what belongs to me. Why? Because when you go to Psalm, please, let's go to Psalm 146. The Bible says, praise God. May the praise of God be in their mouth. And a double-edged sword in their hands. Now, what does this mean? We've tried to... Uh, what's double-edged sword in the Bible? The scriptures. So, when you are thanking God in accordance to the word, harmed by the word, the Bible says that what do they do? They inflict vengeance on the nations and punishment on the people to bind their kings and with feathers. With feathers and their nobles with shackles. Please, verse 9 says, to carry out the sentence written against them. So, what is written is what the word of God says. So, when I am in the process of giving God thanks, I am executing, I am carrying out. See, at times, you can receive a judgment from court. But that judgment is not executed. But what the Bible is saying that as you are giving God thanks, you are carrying out the execution of what is written. So, so when you, when, that is why when you see people going to war in the scriptures, God will say, let the worshippers go before. Because what they are about to do is to bring judgment. And what they are doing is, is executing the, the what is written. What has God written about Israel? He's told Abraham. He told Moses that no nation will be able to stand before them. So when they are carrying the worship and they are dancing and thanking God, not out of lack of understanding, please note, with a two-edged sword, you have found your place in scriptures. And you say, God, ah, I thank you. You know, there are times when things are very challenging at times. And this scripture, the day I saw that scripture, I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget that. The Bible says that, the Bible says that as long as the, the moon, the sun does not stop from rising and falling, and the moon to set, so I will never break my covenant with, 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 with the children of David and all the Levites and things like that. I said, ah, at least I know. I am, a, I, am, I am a servant of God. Everyone is. So, each time I wake up in the morning and I can see the sun break, I will begin to dance. Why? Because I am executing the judgment of God. That is why at times when they tell people to, 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 to dance when the situations get to a point, we go and say, but we go to 
Because what God is saying is that it is not, it is executing judgment. And the Bible says, this glory of all, this is the glory of all his faithful people. That is like saying this is the right of every child of God. God grant us grace and understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So it is important, and look at that, like I said to us earlier, that it is not every praise that God receives. It is not. You see it in the Bible, and he said to them, let's go to Malachi. Malachi chapter 1. He said, verse, he said, as a son honors his father, and a slave is master. If I am your father, where is, where is the honor due to me? If I am your master, where is the respect due to me? Says Lord Almighty. It is, it is you priests who show contempt for my name. Not even the people. The priests, because they are so used to God. They know how God speaks. And he said, but you ask, how have we shown contempt? He said, by offering defiled food on the altar. You ask. He said, how do we defile, sorry, defile food on the altar? How do we defile, how do we defile you? Let's read them, please. He said, he said, by saying, uh, by saying that the, the, the lost table is contemptible, he said, when you offer animals, blind, blind animals for sacrifice, is, it, is that not wrong? When you offer, okay, let me just say this. Some people, the way we bring worship to God, any, you know, I've said it from the beginning, whatever you do, worship is not only when you are singing. You cannot do it at your workplace. There are people in the church of God that are serving mammon. How? Why you cannot behave like that at your workplace is because you are being paid. The reason why you are not, why you are behaving the way you are behaving in the church is because nobody is paying you. So you are not serving God, you are serving money. Lot of people got shared down. He said, he said, most of people in my church, in the body of Christ, said, they, are there. they are serving mammon, they think they are serving me. Because I see them when they are at work. And I see how they are so disciplined. But when they come to my house, it is voluntary. And as far as he's concerned, it is mammon worship. The day we will know is that win lottery and see what you how you behave at our place. You say, excuse me. The person has been sending nasty email to you and you have gently replied. You reply it in capital letters. You know, so it is not that you are too nice, it's because of the of the beans. You know, the day you win 
10 million pounds lottery. Ah. Why are you, why are you, why are you not at your desk? <laughs> you know, I was watching a documentary, which is quite sad, you know, one of, they're talking about, this guy was exposing the children of the super rich and things like that. He was also part of them and just said, you know, let's just share this life and things like that. You know, he said, at times people, are, I know him at, at school, uh, he said, I will buy you your father and all your father's business. When you have a child at 11 or so, when he walks into one of the biggest super, mall, uh, super uh, malls, or tra yeah, I think it was a train station, a train station in America, things like that. The guy was 11. And the uncle took him out and said, uh, Happy birthday, this is yours. <laughs> so, you know, that kind of life, <laughs> you know. It doesn't, those ones they don't, you know, it's not, it's not about, you know, so when somebody and I said, I will buy you, buy your father, buy all your businesses, and I will trash it. Because it means nothing to them. You know, how much do your father have? One million pounds. That's just what he used to smoke. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, he was, he was just exposing that kind of life. But what God is saying here, see, and why am I saying all, all that I'm saying? Because if you go to Go, let's, if, sorry, just stay on that. The Bible says, when you sacrifice lame and diseased animal, what is wrong? Now, it is not about what the quality. You now went back and said, try to, try to offer them to your governors. Would they be pleased with you? So God is saying, when you stand to sink, Try to, that same attitude, take it to your workplace and see what they will say. The people will say, that, no, this is scripture, I'm not reading scripture. He said, go and give it to your governor. The one that I am even greater than. Go and give it to him and see what he will say. This does not appear to me like the God that says, uh, worship anyhow, it takes anyhow worship, you know, and things like that. God doesn't take anyhow worship. He said, let's just go home, please, because of our time. He said, um, let's go to verse 10. He said, oh, that one of you will be wise enough to shut the temple doors. Basically, get out. People think that, you know, people say that, ah, God has said, everybody. no, no, no. When you read scripture, well, there are times he's saying, just close the door. He just, he, he, said, he, said, he said, oh, <laughs> basically, ah, I wish that one of you would shut the doors of the temple so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I am not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty. I will not accept your, your, the offering from your hand. My name would be great among nations from where the sun rises and where it sets. In every, in every place, incense and pure offering will be brought to me because my name will be great among nations, says the Lord. So God was saying, you might as well just do me a favor and just close the door and just leave this place. May that not be our portion in the name of Jesus Christ.
But what I'm trying to say is that the, this attitude of God understands. He just accepts any kind of worship. He doesn't. You can be there, you can be worshiping, but that does not mean he's accepting it. Do you get what I'm trying? So God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So, as we... Please, when you are... All we are saying is this. I have tried to point out a couple of things that worship does. When you are worshiping, you are executing judgment. When you are worshiping, it brings increase. When you are worshiping, you know, the, the, the Bible calls God the lion of the tribe of Judah. What does Judah mean? Judah means praise. So when God, that is why when the Bible will say that God is fearful in praises. Because when he's been, when the praise is being, is being, is, is being given to him, you are staring up the lion of God. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So, just going to share this with us. We'll probably come to it at a much later time. Maybe some other time very soon. Luke chapter 17, verse 7 to 10. He said, when a servant... Now, this scripture, he was talking about forgiveness and things like that, but I think it still also applies. He said, when a servant comes... This is Jesus speaking. Comes in from plowing or taking, a, a sheep, uh, taking care of the sheep. Does his master say, come in, heat and heat with me? No. He says, prepare my meal. Put on your apron, serve me while I eat. Then you can go and eat later. Let's read on, please. Does the master thank the servant for doing what he has told him to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, We are on what what he's saying is that we are we, are, we don't need benefits. We are a servant of what we simply we have simply done our duty. Do you have any Christians that say, ah, you know, God have been worshiping, what have you done for me? Jesus said, no, the way he actually works is that you are you have done your job. What is it? Don't expect thank you from me. I give you thank you out of the out of the generosity of my heart. For so many cases, that if you, when you read this part, you discover that you know, the way Jesus operates, see, the fact, you know, people say, ah, Allah, go back, damn it, Allah, you don't matter, me, you don't see, you know, what will happen? Let something that happen to that person after seven days. Ah, Jesus, I know, I thought we, <laughs> I thought, you know, my dad used to say something, when people pray the prayer, Allah, my dad, could you tear? That is a fire. Please stop praying that kind of prayer. Oh no, man, they could you see me? See, God is in heaven. He does not, there's nothing, you know, you are not, you are not going to be the, you know, God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. So what am I trying to say is that please, don't, God, what God is saying is that, please note that he said after that he can go and hit. But when you are giving me things first, don't start attaching things to it. I am enough to demand anything from you. So if I say worship me, 
Say, God, I've been worshiping you since yesterday. What have you done? God is saying, I don't have to do anything. The fact that you are breathing is me. May God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we, we just read two scriptures, then we'll, we will take Thanksgiving together. Was talking about Abraham in Romans chapter 4. The Bible says, Yet he did not waver in disbelief in the promise of God, but he strengthened his faith and giving God glory, gave glory to God. Now, what I'm trying to say is that your faith, like we said earlier, your faith is strengthened the more you engage in worship. And maybe you, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we don't, we are, we, are, we are all at that situation where at times you feel that God, I am so overwhelmed. David gave us an answer in Psalm 43, verse 3, sorry, 34, verse 3. He said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us lift up the name of God together. What is, what is the part I'm looking at here? Have you you've seen a magnifying glass? What does magnifying glass do? It enlarges something to you. So maybe there are times where it seems like there's, things are more greater. There are things that are issues that are huge. David is saying, no, go and get the magnifying glass and look at the faithfulness of God. Let it increase beyond your own ability, beyond your own challenges. So when David said, magnify the Lord with me, he's saying, no, you to yourself now, you need to increase your vision of God. Does that make sense? God help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us rise up please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.